Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Good morning to you. Sun is shining bright. It's going to be a beautiful day here in Utah's Dixie. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in. It's a little bit after 9 o'clock. This is the Andy Griffin Show. We're here uh, every day at 9 o'clock. And uh, on Mondays, I like to focus on authors and books that... And one thing about it, uh, I wanted to say this right up front. Uh, these are books that have touched my life, books that have been a part of my life. I, I, like, I love to read. My wife, also an avid reader. And, and when we find a book that we like, then the process... Naturally is, hey, let's reach out to the author and see if we can uh, find out a little bit more about them and a little bit more about their inspiration for writing books. Uh, And uh, so I was lucky enough. Actually, my wife was the one that uh, made first contact with Jay Payleitner, who is on the phone with me right now. Hi, Jay. How are you? Well, Andy, I'm I'm a great uh, here in Chicago, a bright sunny day, but it's about five degrees out. I'm not going outside today. Yeah, we're going to go 55 today, so we're a little bit warmer. <laughs> uh, you know, you're a prolific writer, and I always ask people, because I, I'm a writer as well, although I'm not a published author, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a newspaper-type guy, a sports writer, but uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a closet writer myself. I have several books that are, you know, in a hop. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about finishing things that you start and how uh, you have a lot of projects you started and never finished. I'm the same way. But I, I always like to ask about inspiration. What got you writing? When did you realize that writing was what you needed to do to be who you are? Wow. Uh, so we're going back a ways. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I could always turn a phrase, no doubt about that. I, you know, I was the, the, the kid in the back of the class who always had something clever to say. But um, and but I always one of the, I was one of those B plus students back in high school and mm-hmm. in college. Uh, I would never proofread anything. Yeah, I would just you know you'd sit down and you'd typewriter or whatever and you just type it and you you turn it in. You're done. Yep. And I got my B pluses and that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then out of college, uh, oh, the, the longer story is that I, I sold photocopiers for a while. I was terrible at it. <laughs> but I ended up uh, later. I ended up in uh, Michigan Avenue in Chicago doing advertising. So I spent a decade. In advertising, and that is such a great training round for meeting deadlines and and uh, speaking to an audience kind of thing. So you were literally, literally, you were literally writing ads and and putting together commercials. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I was uh, for uh, I did uh, uh, did wrote some commercials from with Mike Didka, the old Chicago Bears coach, Bears, for Midway yeah. Airlines, mm-hmm. uh, for Kroger grocery store. I wrote a few commercials. Um, I wrote uh, I did uh, coupon ads for Vegal. Uh, I wow. did um, uh, for Corona beer. I wrote, a, I wrote a TV commercial for for Corona beer. Okay. Oh golly! <laughs> um, and then a guy got a hold of me, and uh, maybe I got fired from that job for various reasons because the, uh, the new, new creative director came in. But God got a hold of me, and I was my faith was growing at that time, and I ended up at a little Christian ad agency. In uh, Wheaton, Illinois, not too far from Wheaton College, if you folks know that in the Midwest, Wheaton College, and um, and I was uh, I ended up kind of writing and producing uh, for Christian ministries and Christian publishers, and my faith just took off, and I changed churches, went to, and started going to the big non-denominational church in the other town, and the and the teaching was great, so I am not a theologian, 
I am not a pastor or a uh, or a psychologist, um, but um, uh, what happened, in, uh, as the story goes, uh, uh, well, I, uh, you know Josh McDowell, he, uh, more than a carpenter, and evidence sure. that demands a verdict. Uh, yeah. I produced his radio program for 14 years. Wow. Okay. And if you spend that much time uh, with a teacher like that, boy, uh, I, and, and writing for him and putting words in his mouth and giving him scripts to read, you know that they're going to be, they have to be sharp and, and, and such. Uh, but um, but uh, I was doing a project for a publisher, and uh, I sent, a, manu- I sent a, a, a manuscript, and they said, yeah, we'll publish that. And all of a sudden, I was an author. And now, wow. uh, more than 25 books later, uh, I've sold uh, half a million books, maybe even 750,000 books. And uh, uh, it's a blast, something different every day. And my faith keeps growing. And uh, I, I get emails from people saying that I changed their life. You know, it's like, what? Well, that's not possible. I'm just Jay Paylighter sitting here in my little office in Chicago, uh, you know, two, five steps off my kitchen, banging on my keyboard. And uh, and you get the same thing, Andy, I'm sure. People people who you don't even know are listening, and they, they, you get, they get a hold of you and go like, Andy, you know what? That, pro- that broadcast, that changed my life. Like, yeah. what? How is that possible? Yeah, exactly. Because we're all in this together. One of the cool things for me, Jay, and, and we'll get back to your story in a second, but uh, I was I, I was in the hospital a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I got really sick. I had uh, sepsis and cellulitis in my leg and uh, because of weird hip. Well, so I got sick really suddenly, really fast. So I wasn't able to I didn't even call in sick. I just handed my phone to my wife as we went to the emergency room. And, and that was all I knew for about a week and a half. I, I mean, I was I was out of it. And but um so what people would call the station and say, hey, where's Andy? What's going on? Andy's not here. We, we need Andy. And eventually it got to the point, now I have a text line that people can text me on. Uh, they started texting the phone line, and I got dozens, literally dozens and dozens of people saying, we're praying for you. And yeah. that, was, that was so touching to me because sometimes, as you know, in this business, when you don't hear back from people, maybe the phones don't ring or whatever, you start thinking, am I talking to myself? Is, you know, am I doing any, have I done any good in the world today? You know, and, and, and it was so good to hear all, all the listeners to text me and saying they were praying for me. It was incredible. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm looking, I'm in my office and across, across the end of the room is a little uh, a piece of paper that I taped on the wall that says 10 marriages. Ten marriages. Okay. And I put that up there. I wrote a book. Uh, I've a lot of my books have been on relationship, on being a dad, and and, and such. But I wrote a book, for, uh, a couple books on marriage, and I and it's like I I wanted to know if I was making a difference. So I was literally praying, and I look at that right now, and I and it, <laughs> prayers were answered. I said, Lord, you know, I'm writing these books on marriage. I would, if you could let me know that ten marriages were touched or changed or improved or something. Um, that would just, you know, to this humble servant, that's all we are, Andy. Yeah. It's humble. If you could, if you could let me know that, and sure enough, uh, you know, within a couple months of that, of those books coming out, um, he let me know that, that the marriages across the country were being, wow, just, it's, 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 again, it's, it's hum, humbling. It's it, humbling. It's definitely humbling. Do you remember <laughs> the very first book you wrote, Jay? Well, sure. Um, uh, it was only, only 1,200 words. Really? Uh, it was uh, called Once Upon a Tandem, and it's a little allegory about uh, riding a bike with Jesus, uh, riding mm. a tandem bike with Jesus, and, and uh, I can, in, in 30 seconds I can tell you the plot. Uh, uh, you're riding along on a tandem bike, and no one's, no one's on, and then you finally invite, some, invite this guy on, and then you're mad because he's not pedaling, 
and he's slowing you down, but then you ask him to pedal, and all of a sudden you're going faster, and then he starts whispering in your ear, and as you're going to, cr- to places that are more interesting now, and you hmm. get to your destinations faster. But then the ch- real change happens when you stop your tandem bicycle and put him on the front seat uh, and let him steer. Then you go places that are, gee, you would never even be- think about going before. And uh, I wouldn't. Ha- and some places, sometimes it's down dark tunnels and through brambles. Hmm. Um, but, uh, but you know that you're secure, and he'll take you someplace good. Anyways, um, with some illustrations, it was a fun little book. Uh, did okay, but it really was my first book, and, it, and that's what um, opened the door to my next several books. And all my other books have been, you know, 40, 50, 60,000 words. But the first one is the one that got me going, uh, Once Upon a Tandem. It's hard to find now. I, it's out of print, but... Um, Maybe a collector's item, huh? About that too. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. And that was that was just maybe eighteen years ago now. Yeah. And you're uh, you said you're about twenty five books in now. Well, uh, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, for sure, and no That's doubt about amazing. it. Maybe even c- coming up on thirty. Uh, the next couple coming out are um, uh, a book for mom. I've, I've written I've, I've written so many books for dads. This is a book called. Moms bringing out the best in dads. Uh-huh. So it's a book for moms to help their dad be their husbands be better dads. And then another one I'm really excited about coming out this spring is called is on um, conflict resolution. It's called Don't Take the Bait to Escalate, uh-huh. and it's it's, the, it's how to how to deal with conflict and how conflict uh, conflict is actually a good thing. It makes it makes you stronger and better and makes you sharper. And uh, anyways. So yeah, uh, something different. I've worked with about five, six, or seven different publishers now, and uh, again, what a blast! Uh, and it's just me. It's just me thinking through things and and talking and researching and uh, and telling stories. Now, one one of the chapters in your book, uh, "What If God Wrote Your Bucket List," and we'll get to the bucket list stuff in a minute. But one of your one of the chapters, in fact, it's at the very end of your book, is is uh, finish what you start, uh, <laughs> and, and it's funny because instead of what you start with in that chapter is you list off all the things that you haven't ever finished, and <laughs> I think that was to me when I was reading that I was like. Okay, I like this because I have, obviously, in my life, I have a lot of things I started but didn't finish. And it's good to know, number one, that I'm not the only one. And number two, here's a guy writing a book and telling me to finish what I started, but he didn't finish some things for good reason. Um, Well, yeah, you can't. uh, We should always have lots of things going on in our life. Uh, And I don't believe in in writer's block because you can always sit down and and start something fresh, start something new. and there are all kinds of secrets for getting past uh, uh, writer's block. Uh, but uh, the most important thing that I have to, to finish my books is uh, deadlines. Mm. Give your, uh, I have publisher deadlines that I sign a contract, and I'm going to finish this book by this date. As a matter of fact, I had a book that, that, that was due today, and I, I, I conned one more week out of them. So it's going to do next Monday. Anyways, um, so uh, give yourself a deadline. That's how you finish what you start. Uh, and, and it could be short deadlines. Uh, and if you're writing a book, you don't give yourself a deadline to write the book by by uh, by June 1st. <laughs> give yourself a deadline to write three chapters by February 1st. Then suddenly, you know, you can bite that off. That's something you can do. Or even, you know, write uh, write a half a chapter today, or just start a new chapter uh, tomorrow, kind of thing. So, you know, give yourself some uh, some small uh, smaller deadlines. But uh, uh, in that chapter. Hey, you know what? Uh, I tell a story. I remind people that uh, David and Goliath. Um, David uh, 
finish what he started. He didn't just knock knock uh, Goliath down. He cut his head off. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yeah. that was finishing the job, man. He he <laughs> took. We pulled out uh, uh, Goliath's sword and just get. Yeah, uh, here it is, right here. Uh, Samuel 17. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. That's a pretty good example of finishing the job, guys. <laughs> I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, Goliath wasn't going to have a headache. He wasn't going to have a head. So. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> finishing what you started. Uh, Finish what you start, man. You know, it, it's it's interesting in that chapter and just kind of in life in general. Sometimes you start things and you realize that's probably not really that great an idea. And, I, you know, I have things in my life I started and I'm thinking – I'm probably not probably not going to finish that because it's you know I, I mean me as an artist for instance uh, I, you know I, I remember taking an art class once and and, and uh, you know getting what I thought was pretty good at art and then I got to looking at things and I realized I'm actually not very good at at, at painting you know that that's not me and, and so this art career that I had in my head I'm going to be an artist I, I realized okay it's time to uh, cut bait as it were and get out of this because I'm not very good at it and I need to find something I am good at um uh, I I've done the same thing with all kinds of things yeah uh, uh when it comes to technology I am terrible at it. I keep saying I need to start a uh, uh some kind of blog or some kind of some something that would uh, yeah. force me to get into the more technology every every day or every week, and it's like no, I just can't. I just beat my head against the wall with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then there are people you know who are great at art or great at technology, mm-hmm. and let them do their stuff, man. Um, I'm thinking of one thing, if I may, a little, little rabbit trail here. Yeah. Um, Twenty years ago, I was doing a project for Tyndale. Tyndale Publishing, you know, remember those little tear-off calendars with a word a day or a phrase a day or a Bible verse yeah, yeah, every sure. day? You bet. Um, I was doing a catalog for them. I was designing my little my little ad agency that I had in my designer. We were going to do an ad, and uh, uh, I think on the cover of it ended up to be uh, just a little phrase. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. But I uh, had come up with an idea. I was on the, on the catalog. On the catalog cover was going to be the words "carpe annum." Uh, like Carpe Diem sees the day, but actually sees Carpe Annum sees the year. Yeah. Now that's not the right literal Latin or translation, but <laughs> but Carpe Annum, and I just love, love that those two words, and they went in the back of my head, and uh, uh, they weren't used by the publisher. Didn't want to use that. We went with something else. Um, so that mulled around in my brain for a year or two or ten or twenty year twenty years ago, and just uh, two weeks ago before the first of the year. I kind of wrote this this uh, 150 word uh, essay called Carpe Annum, and suddenly it went kind of viral—not viral, but uh, but hundreds of people have seen it and appreciated my words. Uh, inspired by Carpe Annum about the idea of seizing 2022 to make it our year, yeah. um, and, and it's just funny—I finished it finally. It took me 20 years, but it's something I finished, and I, I'm not telling that for people to go to my website and find Carbiana, but it's on there now if you want to if you want to see that. But the thought, the point is that there's stuff that you thought of Andy years ago yeah. that you set aside. Maybe it's in a file folder. Maybe it's it's twirling around the back of your brain. It's like, wow, that, there's something to that. I need to finish that. So that might be uh, the challenge for the day for for you and our and your listeners is there's something. That that keeps coming up, keeps coming, keeps sneaking back to the your frontal lobe. It's like, man, I need to finish that. 
And that could be a, a painting project. It could be, you know, asking that pretty girl out on a date. It could be uh, uh, having a kid. It could be, you know, uh, giving blood. All kinds of things that you could uh, you could give back to the world. God's calling you to do that. Maybe that's why you're listening to this broadcast today. Yeah. Am I preaching now? I'm sorry. That's <laughs> I'm okay. I'm sorry. I was I was just thinking about that piece of cheesecake in the extra fridge there. So <laughs> well, uh, you know, I got to finish it right. Yeah, you got to finish the cheesecake. <laughs> there you go. Thank you for bringing me back to reality. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. Again, we're talking with Jay Payleitner, who uh, writes books. Uh, they're I, I, I guess I would call them motivational books, most of them, although they're motivational with a Christian uh, twist. Uh, one of the books we wanted to talk about today, and again, there's lots of them, uh, but the one, the one that kind of we're focusing on a little bit today is, what if God wrote your bucket list? Now, let's talk about bucket lists a little bit. Uh, where does the word, the, the term come from, Jay? Well, um, you know, you, people think that it goes back centuries, but no, really, it kind of goes back to that... Um to that, uh, the movie called The Bucket List with uh, with uh, uh, Jack Nicholson and mm-hmm. um, and uh, oh, what was the other gentleman's name? Uh, uh, oh, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yep. Um, and uh, which is a charming movie. Uh, it, it it doesn't necessarily have a, a, a Christian theme, but it's it's a movie you can watch and appreciate. The, the two old guys uh, who are, I guess, on their deathbed, as I recall, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, um, they have a bucket list, and they and they want to do stuff before they kick the bucket. Of course, is the is the where the derivation comes from, and uh, uh, well, another rabbit trail story. Uh, I wrote these books if if you allow me uh, sure. before your first break here. Um, I wrote uh, my first best selling book, and the book I've sold most of is Fifty Two Things Kids Need from a Dad. Okay, and that sold very well. And so the publisher said, "Well, Jay, wow." Could you write a, bo- a book for the same audience, um, married men, dads, 52 things wives need from their husband? Ooh. So suddenly, instead of a dad book, I'm writing a book for husbands on marriage. It's like, oh, well, I, I can do that. And they sent me a contract, and I-, I wrote the book. Then they said, hey, Jay, could you write a book called 52 things husbands need from their wives? And uh-huh. I thought, well, she- I- yeah, I guess I- what-, what do wives need from their – what do husbands need from their wives? It's just two things, as you know, Andy, it's just two things. In the okay. kitchen, in the bedroom, in the, but uh, but uh, and then and then the fifty-two things the the daughters need from their dads. I wrote about six books, seven books with fifty-two things, uh, fifty-two ways to pray for your kids, fifty-two things couples can do together. Um, and then I said, you know what? Uh, I need to write a book uh, uh, on fifty-two things you need to do for yourself mm. because I realized that you got to have your your own faith life together. You got to have your own act together if you're going to be a good dad or a husband or that kind of thing. Okay. So I did sign a contract, 52 things you need to do for yourself. And I still have that contract that I signed, 52 things you need to do for yourself. And I started writing it. And then uh, the folks at Harvest House up the, up the, uh, in the ivory tower said, you know what, that sounds too selfish. Hmm. 52 things you need to do for yourself. So let's find a different name for the book. And so we kicked around some ideas, and I came up with, what if God wrote your bucket list? So what if God wrote your bucket list is really 52 things you need to do for yourself. And really it's that idea that there are things that we need to figure out, we need to do uh, to get our life together. Um, and uh, that's how this book came about. So it's one of those, it's, it's, it's a publishing partnership. And I have all kinds of publishing stories. Uh, of publishers driving me crazy and setting me straight and, <laughs> and getting the best out of me. 
We, uh, we've still got a couple of minutes, and, and I can go a little late on this break. I wanted to talk about bucket lists. Now, uh, before we talk about what God's bucket list might be for us, what mm-hmm. might be our selfish bucket list? And, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm well, thinking, all right, some people want to maybe go skydiving. That, that would be on well, somebody's oh, oh. bucket list. Well, for sure. And uh, your listeners right now are always thinking, I got things on my bucket list. And, you know, it could be swimming with a dolphin or, you know, uh, you know, riding a hot air balloon or, mm-hmm. or running a marathon or, or uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail or, uh, you know, going to Paris with my bride. Um, uh, it, could be, it could be, listen now, it could be, you know, some on your bucket list, some of your listeners is breaking par at uh, Casablanca Resort in Mesquite. <laughs> I, I, heard the, uh, I heard the ad for that as I was waiting to come on. So, right, right, that could be, that could be the, uh, bu- on the bucket list for some of your listeners. Uh, paying off your mortgage, uh, paying off your student loan. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, maybe it's uh, getting, out, getting a job and moving out of, the, out of the house before your 30th birthday. Yeah, um, yeah. Buy, buying a Mercedes. So, uh, I mean, it could be so many different things. Uh, you know, uh, renting a, a limousine might be on somebody's yeah, bucket list. Well, whatever it might be. More easier than others. You could, yeah, you could do that tomorrow, uh, this weekend if you want. Rent a limousine. Go for it, guys. Now, I, I'm listening to all these things, and not to be rude, but most of them are pretty selfish. You know, I mean, I want to do this. I want to th- the thrill of this. I want to try this. I want to buy this. That bucket list, although there's nothing inherently wrong with it, is basically centered around you and and what you want. And uh, I think that's why maybe this book you wrote is is uh, so significant. Well, um, yeah, uh, there are uh, rather than and I, and I do sh- do the the book shifts from from our own ideas of what's on our bucket list to to humble ourselves and say, oh, God, what what truths do I need to grab onto to check off my own bucket list because um, uh, God has things that we need to understand. Uh, God, God wants us to, um, well, uh, it's very interesting, uh, because we're uh, here in the 21st you know, century, we have these things to do, the things we have to do is, is what's on uh, people's bucket list. Mm-hmm. And you can understand why um, uh, that... Um, that uh, uh, folks who have followed Christ, Christians would have, you know, great things like volunteer the soup kitchen, right? Or, uh, or you know, or read the entire Bible in a year, or visit the Holy Land. That's, these are all good things. Um, uh, prison ministry, uh, maybe uh, drop a Krugerrand in a in a in a Salvation Army bucket. Um, and those are uh, those are all g- good things. And, and wouldn't that be fun to do all these things? Sure. But um, and we are called to do great things. But here's where the plot twist comes in. Um, working, working our butts off and do, doing ministry. Listen now, working, working, working and doing ministry is secondary to knowing God Ooh. and developing your worldview, your Christian worldview, and surrendering to Him and, and getting your you're getting your true priorities in order. So, you know, there are folks out there who are busy, you know, doing prison ministry and, and racing off to, the, uh, to Israel and volunteering at a soup kitchen, but they might not be right with God. Yeah. So priority one is, is, uh, is knowing God and, and, uh, and developing your relationship with Him. Right. Is that making any sense? And, and that's what the book is about, 52 ways to do that, I, if I, I may. It. 
And, and I think, and we'll talk about this in a minute, when you do that, get right with God, become a true disciple, the other stuff will come. So, yes. All right. Yes. Let's, uh, let's, get a, let's get a commercial break in. Jay Payleitner is with me, author, motivational Christian books. I love it. Uh, you can find them all online. Uh, best place to go is his website, jpayleitner.com. It's P A Y L E I or I E? E I, old German yeah. name, E I. J P E Y L E I T N E R.com. Jay, I'm going to get a weather break in. We'll come back and talk some more, okay? Excellent. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in, Call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back. 936 on KDXU. Thanks for tuning in today. Jay Payleitner, the author, is on the phone line with me. Hi, Jay. You doing all right, man? Uh, you know what? I'm having a great time, Andy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on today. Enjoyed your books. Uh, I've read snippets of several of them and uh, more more than uh, the others. I've read uh, What If God Wrote Your Bucket List. That's what we're talking about today, just to kind of reestablish where we're at. Bucket list is uh, things you want to do before you kick the bucket. A lot of people will put something like, uh, like you said, swim with the dolphins or maybe jump out of an airplane with a parachute, hopefully, uh, <laughs> because your life will end very shortly if you don't uh, ride a hot air balloon. Maybe it's uh, buy a fancy car, whatever it is, uh, a bucket list. But what if uh, you turned your bucket list over and just, just handed the pen and paper to you know, to, to the Savior and said, please write this for me. And what are some of the things that would be different? That's what we're talking about today. Now, Jay, let's go back to your youth. Uh, we all love the State Fair or the Carnival. And uh, going to the Carnival can be an education, especially if you're very young. <laughs> well, um, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, 52 chapters in this book. And most of them kind of start with a personal story of a lesson that I learned that God revealed to me. And in the moment, I might not have uh, appreciated the lesson or, or not realized it came from God. But looking back, uh, you know, growing up, I was, uh, you know, I was this you know, optimistic kid and thought the world was a beautiful, wonderful place with no problems. But um, I was at the Kane County Fair, and uh, I, I was with my, my first girlfriend, about 16 years old. Um, and let me confirm to you, Andy, that the job of traveling carnival workers <laughs> is to take as much money from as many people as possible that's yeah. their job is to, yeah. is to is to con is to, is to get con so uh, getting conned at the county fair was just the, the exact right thing that i needed to learn okay so i'm 16 i'm walking along with my girlfriend and this carney at a booth he drops a he drops a, t- a card for a for a free game and I go pick it up, and he goes, "Hey, now you get a free game." So, um, so right off the bat, I throw some darts, and he and he tells me that I am eighty percent of the way to winning this boombox or giant panda for my girlfriend, and he's got me. Yeah, you're the good hooked. news is that I only had like uh, fourteen bucks in my pocket, and he got all of it. <laughs> and uh, and and what a lesson that is. What's so funny is that. Um, that I that I took Sally and we stood on the other side of the uh, of the midway for a second and watched him and I watched you know guys in their thirties and twenties and thirties keep pulling out twenty dollar bills. He was conning those people out of a lot more money. So that's a pretty good lesson. You know what? That there is evil in the world. You know, Andy, um, uh, that's something we gotta we gotta understand. We gotta learn as 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 Christians, we, as followers of Christ. We gotta go. Oh, 
There is evil in the world, and we and we can't we can't wrestle with that ourselves because we're going to fail every time. Um, uh, and uh, uh, and we got to know that Satan is alive and well, and that we can't stand up to him under our own power, and that we can but we can call on the name of Jesus anytime. So, anyways, that's one lesson, gentlemen, uh, ladies, anybody listen today. Um, you got to understand that there's evil in the world, and if you were if you got burnt sometime. It might make you angry, but boy, that's a lesson that we all need to learn. So that was on my bucket list to learn that there is evil in the world. Does that make sense? It, it does. In fact, maybe the modern version of the carny would be the spammer or the uh, oh. <laughs> you know the, the internet scammer. They're out to get your money. They're not going They don't want. They don't care whether it's honest or right. They just want your money, and they'll do whatever they can to get it. So, uh, yeah, we need to understand that. Be aware of it and be, yeah. be ready for it. And no, like you well, said. And the, and the good news is that most of the rest of the, my stories in the book are not dark and evil. There's there's positive lessons to learn, too, of course. Yeah. One, one of the things that has come under assault in, in recent years is the Ten Commandments. Uh, you talk mm-hmm. a little bit in Chapter 4, talk about the Ten Commandments and how uh, they're still applicable no matter what society tries to do to them or tear them down or say that, you know, separation of churches, whatever it is, uh, the Ten Commandments still work. Well, uh, that chapter is, uh, you know, maybe we should reconsider rules carved in stone. I mean, um, what if what if Moses really did come down with Mount Sinai, from Mount Sinai, with, with ten rules carved in stone? I mean, you know, that, that's, that idea of, hmm, stealing? Coveting, sex outside of marriage, worshiping false gods. Uh, you know what? Maybe if we got those right, Andy, if we got those right, could you imagine if people kind of kind of live by that? Now I know it's the Old Testament. We got the we have the New Testament that, that kind of uh, uh, you know fulfill the Old Testament, and then we could talk theology all day long. But right. hmm, too many of us say rules. I don't need any rules. But son of a gun, you know what? Uh, Wow, some you know sometimes uh, uh, we need to see, see seeking out God's rules. Uh, maybe they work. What do you think? Maybe they work. Is that possible, Andy? I think so. <laughs> I, I think uh, if we could somehow figure out a way I, to even the basic ten. I mean, there's so many more yeah. things we need to do, obviously. But even the you basic know, I, ten. I'm, I'm not, Andy. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But reciting the Ten Commandments. I don't think no anybody can do that. I would challenge any of your listeners right now to kind of jot down that they could kind of get in general feel, but all of them, they don't teach those anymore, it seems like to me. Ah, you know. Yeah, you're right. I I actually, you know, I've been a Sunday school teacher in the past, and I devised a a system to help the kids remember the Ten Commandments. So I could do it, and I think a lot of my students could. But I'm not going to do it right here on the radio. But I, I can tell you, I have it. I, there's some tricks. I made what you do is you take each of the numbers and you make them into a picture that that correlates oh. with the commandment. And uh, for instance, number one is is uh, number one. He's number one. God is number uh, one. So have no other gods before me. But that kind of thing. Well, I well, I got a poster. A poster. I'm looking at it right now. That's got them listed. So so I <laughs> I, I could do it now. But I'd be cheating. It would be the problem. <laughs> Jay Payleitner is a very successful author. Uh, Jay, though, wasn't good at everything. For instance, uh, you actually self-confessed that you were a bad salesman. Tell us about that. Oh, my golly. Um, yeah. Um, right out of college, I, I sold photocopiers and I sold law books. Um, and I, you know, I may have gotten fired from a few jobs. 
Um, <laughs> a few? Uh, that's, that's why for the last 20-some years I, I work for myself. I, I, I am not a good employee. I'm not a good boss. Um, uh, but you know what? I can look back and see God using it all, the good stuff and the bad stuff. And um, so that might be the great truth there is, um, you know what? Uh, if, you, if all you're doing is winning all day long, you're, uh, you're not learning. You think about a, a, a baseball team that um, that they, they 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 win they they win a, a game five to four, and the the team that wins they they go out and take a knee out in left field, and the coach says you're awesome, and they they go they go for, out for ice cream, but the team that lost, that coach is going to talk to them about hitting the cutoff man, and mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, swinging the better pitches and taking the extra base. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a learning experience for them. Um, so losing, if you you know if uh, if you lose a few games or lose a few wrestling matches or or, or such, you're going to work harder. So God, in, in the same way, God uses our the, the, our our losses. Um, getting fired from a job, if you got fired from a job, you might be mad for a while, and that's fine. You can be angry with God. Even God can handle that if you're angry with Him. God can handle that. But when you look back later on, you go, you know what? That was the exact right thing to happen. So um, getting fired. We should all get fired from a couple jobs, I think. Uh, that would make us better, uh, better people, better Christians, better, uh, better, uh, 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 better empathy for other people as well. So, uh, again, that's one of the chapters. I love that. Uh, just, On the bucket list. Just, On the bucket list. Get fired. Yeah. Just a real quick story, for, a personal story from me. I had, uh, uh, we had uh, my nephew and his wife. Actually, it's my niece and her husband. But uh, we had them over uh, for a barbecue. And, and he said, hey, is it okay if I bring my roommate and his fiance? And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, the, the roommate shows up, and he looks familiar to me. But I, don't, I, I can't put a name, uh, whatever. And, and I finally asked him his name. And he told me his name. And I'm not going to use it here. But uh, uh, his dad had fired me actually a, a couple of years earlier uh, from a job and and I actually looked at the kid and I said oh I know your dad he fired me and that poor kid you know 19 years old college student had no idea what to say he looked at me like uh what do I do now uh, I I before I, I I let him off the hook I said oh, well, I'll be honest with you my life is much better now I landed in a good place and and the firing actually was good for me but for a minute there that poor kid I felt so bad for him but uh, anyway yeah I did did land in a better place for sure so for sure uh, all right let's get a, another quick commercial break in when we come back we'll have more with Jay you, you okay to hang on a little longer Jay. I'd uh, I'd enjoy that. Thank you. I appreciate that. 946 on KDXU. Uh, Real quick, a chance to thank Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney's local loan consultant. His specialty is taking care of you, customer service. He works for New American Funding, but the the, the thing to note is he's not like other loan officers where you go in, you sign some papers, and you don't hear from him for a couple of months, and then Friday at 3.30 he said, hey, if you don't sign in 30 minutes, you're going to lose the house. That's not how Joe works. Joe is all about customer service, uh, and he uh, wants you to know. And In fact, online... uh, Hundreds of reviews online have him averaging 4.9 out of 5 stars, almost a perfect score. His name is Joe Shoney. Uh, Joe Shoney's phone number is, let's see, 435-319-8214. He's been in southern Utah more than two and a half decades. Office is right downtown. Give him a call today. Joe Shoney is, uh, let's see, i got to get that legal in there, NMLS121041. 
So you think you know guns? Well, maybe you do. But do you know what the bad guy's thinking when he's carrying a gun? Well, I'm here to tell you, you can learn a lot more about what the bad guy is thinking at Firearms University. Offering a special class, it's February 2nd at 6 p.m. Brett Pruitt's going to teach a class, former police officer. The class is called Counter-Criminal Psychology. It's at Rowdy's Range. That's located at 610 Industrial Drive. And they got a special deal going right now. Class is usually $40. If you mention that you heard about it on the radio, it's $25. That's $15 off the class. It's Counter-Criminal Psychology at Firearms University and Rowdy's Range and Shooter Supply at 610 Industrial Drive. I'm Andy Griffin. I'll be there for the class. It's going to be good stuff. Learn what the bad guy is thinking. It may help save your life someday. Call Rowdy's today. The phone number is 435-275-2550. That's 435-275-2550. Rowdy's Range and Shooter Supply and Counter-Criminal Psychology. Welcome back. I'm Andy. If you want to text and be a part of the show, text me at 435-467-5842. would love to hear from you. I've got Jay Payleitner, the author, on the phone line with me from Chicago. Chicago is cold, I guess, huh? Um, uh, yes. I'm not going outside today. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> and, I, and I had my shoulder repaired, uh, re- replaced uh, two weeks ago, so I can't Ooh. shovel either. So. My wife or the neighbor kids are doing my shoveling. Anyway. That's a good thing, right? That you don't have to yeah, shovel. Yeah, that's a good things. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've heard, uh, in fact, we did a story yesterday on the news here that uh, uh, some large percentage of heart attacks come with people our yeah. age shoveling snow yeah. when they know they shouldn't be doing it. So, uh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's my excuse then. Thank you. One of your chapters in your book, the book, by the way, What If God Wrote Your Bucket List by Jay Paylightner with a foreword by Josh McDowell. Uh, chapter 28, uh, last night, for whatever reason, we're sitting around, uh, had some family over for dinner, and we're talking about scary things like tarantulas and black widows and wolf spiders and, and snakes. <laughs> Snake for, we talked about snakes for a while, and I, I believe we never got there, but I believe the next item would be alligators. Uh, and you have in Chapter 28, the title of the chapter is Get Nose to Nose with an Alligator. What do you mean by that, Jay? Well, um, again, what if God wrote your bucket list? And one of those things is to get nose-to-nose with an alligator. What am I talking about here? Um, well, uh, my family went down to uh, um, uh, Florida, down to uh, the, the Everglades, mm-hmm. and we were walking along this cement path. Rita wanted no part of one of those, those boats that go across the, uh, yeah, the, the surface. Yeah, uh, no. she, she wanted no part of that. So <laughs> we did walk along this kind of a, a concrete path, and across the creek, across the little river, we could see some alligators bathing, sunbathing. It was kind of boring, actually, because they were way far away. And, and then my son, um, Max, was looking over, uh, over uh, to the other side of the sidewalk, and there was some cute little, little alligator babies. <laughs> kind of looking like the the gecko, the geico lizard kind of uh-huh, thing, yeah. and it's like they were so cute. And he's down there looking at them. Uh, he's a, he was a, uh, a teenager at that point, and his little six year old, my my six year old, his six year old sister, my daughter, said, "Come on, come over here, Rayanne. Look at look at the little baby alligators." And they were like maybe a foot and a half from these little baby little babies. They were so cute. And then all of a sudden, Max grabs Rayanne and slowly pulls her back because he realized that a mama alligator was submerged with just the eyes looking up out of the swamp. Mm. Was, and so they were about a foot and a half. They were inches from getting their whole faces chomped off, my, yeah. my son and daughter. Um, so what's the lesson there? 
The lesson there is, if you're with me now, if you're with me now, is moms protect their babies. And uh, so uh, we need to honor moms. And I know that sounds silly uh, to, go, to go from alligator moms to your own mom, but uh, maybe we need to um, call our moms and be more appreciative of moms and make sure that it's not just on Mother's Day we call moms. And, and when your mom says, uh, get back from that ledge or leave that dog alone or don't eat that mushroom um, or watch out for the school bus, that, those are things that we, that we need to be listening to our moms and thanking our moms. So uh, in the course of our, the 52 chapters in this little book, one of them is, you know what, let's honor moms, uh, which, of course, is, uh, is one of the Ten Commandments, honor your mother and father, of course. Yeah. So that's kind of the fun I had with the book, telling stories. Um, i got to say, uh, Andy, this book did pretty well for the publisher, What If God Wrote Your Bucket List. So they called me one day and said, hey, Jay, can you do another follow-up book, What If God Wrote Your To-Do List? <laughs> so a, buck, a bucket list of things that we need to need to do before the end of our life, so we figure out how to be close to God. A to-do list of things that we need, we can actually be doing doing this very day to serve God. Um, and actually, because it's a new year, it's, it's a book for the new year that is taken off on Amazon. People are buying that book on Amazon anyway. It's what I do. So I write these books and um, and tell stories and and have takeaways. Um, and uh, what a blast! Yeah, yeah. So so glad you did. Really enjoying them. One of my favorite chapters in your book, What If God Wrote Your Bucket List, was uh, chapter 46. Uh, it's it's called Recognize Jesus. You start out with a little story about a guy named Jay Bell, uh, or Josh Bell, excuse me, Joshua Bell, uh, playing the violin in the subway. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, uh, there you go. Uh, uh, this is one of those stories that made news a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Josh Bell, who is a, uh, a virtuoso uh, violin player, he went down to a subway with his uh, $3 million Stradivarius violin. So this isn't some bum... Yeah, this isn't some bum playing some some junky violin. This is this guy is really good, and he's playing maybe the most expensive violin on the planet. And playing one of the hardest tunes ever played on the violin. Wow. So he's, he's playing this magnificently... But not at a concert hall. He's playing it down in a subway, and people are just walking right past him. Mm. And maybe somebody puts a buck or two in, the, uh, in his violin case. And, and, and they're not recognizing how brilliant he is because they're too busy with their own, their own uh, getting to where they need to get. Um, and then, of course, uh, the, two days later, he's playing at the symphony, and the people are playing, paying three or four hundred bucks a, a seat to go watch him play. But here, the point is, we need, we need to recognize people didn't recognize Joshua Bell and, and how awesome he was. Um, and uh, we can walk right by Jesus. We can we can walk right by Jesus, figuratively and literally, I suppose, and not see him. Mm-hmm. So. That would be the great takeaway for this morning is, uh, you know what? Um, Jesus may not be, uh, you know, wearing a baseball cap and playing a violin down in, the, in a metro station, <laughs> but um, we need to, but the angels are, are, are telling us he's there. We're, we, we should be able to see him in, the, in, the, in the fellow believers, uh, uh, and uh, we need to, know that we can we will be reunited with him there's this this emotional connection we have to have with jesus we need to recognize him in other people's lives and in our in our own lives um 
just job one. We need to be ready to meet Jesus and, and know him when we see him. And uh, we're a very commuter, a very driving-oriented society here in the United States of America, and in and, and, and St. George is no different. We drive, drive, drive everywhere we go. And uh, maybe one of the faults of many of us, myself included, is get behind the wheel. Uh, I think I need to have Jesus sitting next to me because when I get behind the wheel, I become a different person. I am no longer a Christian, I don't think, when I'm behind the wheel, especially if somebody cuts me off. Well, um, not next to you, but give him the steering wheel. Give him the steering wheel. Let him let go. him take you where you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> With all due respect to Carrie Underwood, let Jesus take the wheel, right? Oh, right. Oh, right. Very good. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Chapter 48 talks about the Pythagorean theorem. I was never oh. great at math, Jay. In fact, I, I one of the reasons I majored in journalism, I only had to take uh, two math classes my entire college history. Tell us what that means. Pythagorean theorem. Really? Well, you remember that a squared plus b squared equals c squared is yeah, how you do sure. the um, do the figure out the um, oh the uh, whatever part of the, the triangle, the longer side. Triangle, of the that. triangle yeah, is yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the two short sides of the triangle add up to the longer side of the triangle. A squared plus. But here's the point. Do you remember the Wizard of Oz? The movie okay. at the end of the Wizard of Oz, the um, the Scarecrow puts his finger to his head and recites the Pythagorean theorem. Hmm. Um, but he doesn't. Uh, he gets it wrong. He says, um, uh, Ray Bolger, as the um, scarecrow says, the sum of the square roots of any two sides of an isosceles triangle is equal to the square root of the remaining side. And that's not even close. No, that's wrong. <laughs> that's, he, he, uh, as a, uh, mathematicians would have gone, that's wrong. And, it, and obviously uh, um, we don't... Uh, the, the, if you're eight years old watching it, you just think he's saying something brilliant. Yeah. But he's absolutely wrong. So anybody listening and trying to recite the Pythagorean theorem from what Ray Bolger, the scarecrow, said, that's wrong. We, yeah. there, there are truths out there, and that's the, that's the segue to what we have to understand. Um, Andy, we know that there are, are truths to believe in. God is real. God did create the earth. Um, there is a right and a wrong. Um, uh, 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 we should respect government authority. Uh, uh, we should be eager to forgive others. There are truths that we can hang on to. And uh, just because somebody says it in a movie, or just because uh, 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 somebody at work says something, or just because some politician says something, I'm not going to go there, Andy, yeah. but just because some politician says something, or some doctor says something, or you're somebody in your small group says something, doesn't mean it's true. We need to find out truth and seek it out for our own self um, and uh, not trust uh, what the scarecrow says in the Wizard of Oz. Very well stated. Just find out truth, seek it out, and find out what the truth really is, not what the scarecrow says. Jay, thank you so much for coming on today. Again, the book is What If God Wrote Your Bucket List, but there are 25 to choose from uh, at, on his website, jpayleitner.com. We'll link it up on our website here on KDXU. With Jay, thank you so much. Uh, for, for sure. What a blessing. Uh, uh, thanks to all you folks in Southern Utah and all your listeners. Uh, uh, hey, uh, you know what? If uh, I, I'd love to come out and, and do a men's retreat. We'll talk about bucket lists and raising yeah. your kids and being the husband you want to be. Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, come out, any of you guys who ha- are active in a, in a church out there. It'd be my my pleasure. Uh, Andy, God bless to you and your five kids. 